Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. What up, ladies and gentlemen? Hernan Cias here, host of the Business Bros podcast, where we're helping you take control of your branding, your marketing, so that you can create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow. And today, we got a special program for you guys today, Asset Protection for Real Estate investors and entrepreneurs. Look, we're going through some troubling times here in the near future and you want to make sure you have CYA, cover your assets. Leafy Legal Services is here with Jennifer Glagoric to tell us a little bit about how we can cover our assets. I know. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I feel like really bad because like this is the time I shine is crisis. <laughs> I was a crisis intervention specialist for like 25 years and then I became a real estate investor and about a decade ago I started scaling businesses just remotely. Global businesses. The biggest scale up I did was taking a company from three people to 221 people in 21 countries in 18 months. Wow. And so this is like my, all this is my jam, asset protection, covering yourself, all the things people don't want to talk about, your estate plan, get a will, you know, don't be like the people flailing now, you know, I'm like, I'm ready. <laughs> well, this is, this is, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Like everybody talks about, you know, you got to be ready just in case, just in case, just in case is here. Like this is, it this is, is it. Like if, if you were around in, in 2008 when things went bad, I mean, that was one thing. This is going to be very similar well, to that plus you're shutting everything down. So even right. in 2008, things went bad, but things didn't close up, right? We didn't no. close up shop. We didn't close up, you know, be, be, people lost their jobs, but it was related to a specific financial sector. This, this has cascading effects across all kinds of different things. Yeah, it's unbelievable. The, I mean, uh, you know, the, the president goes on TV and he says, you know, we just haven't seen anything like that. People are like, when is this going to happen? You're like, okay, he's the president. He's not a psychic. No yeah. one has ever seen anything like this. They haven't seen every single state shut down. Now they're trying to shut down uh, travel specifically from Louisiana to any, all the states around Louisiana are like, no, keep your people because they're having a bad breakout break you know, breakout of COVID. Then New York, all the snowbirds are coming down to Florida. So now Florida Twitter is all, stay away. <laughs> we all this. Like, don't come down here, you know, go whatever. And then like the um, Hamptons, people in the Hamptons are furious right now because the New Yorkers are freeing New York to go to the Hamptons and they're all mad. So it's like, you've not seen this, but it's not just us. It's like all the other countries, right? Yeah. So the thing is, is it's better if you'd had these things in place, but don't wait until the, the what happens. So what we're seeing is people are going to panic. You know, the SBA, you know, first thing I did is go fill out the paperwork on the SBA website because I knew it was going to come down the pipe. We're a small business. There's millions of small businesses and you want to get your paper on sooner rather than later, right? Mm -hmm. The SBA has redone their website 
three times in the last week and a half. So I did the application uh, three times. The first time it took me three days to get to page three. Then they, they, they took the whole website down and it was completely different. And then you had to download, sign, and upload the paperwork, but you didn't get a confirmation. And when I emailed them, I just got back. Uh, we're experiencing a high volume of emails right now. Look at our website. At least you got to page three. I've been trying to fill it out for, I don't know how many Today, days. Today, it's load. redone. Today, they fixed it. They, they changed it completely over the weekend. And now it's online again. And I filled it out this morning again. <laughs> okay, so, I'm, I'm going to have to do that today. Yeah, You have to get that done today because there will be money, but how long is the money going to take, et cetera. So what, what we do normally is we help 98% of our clients are real estate investors. The other 2% are entrepreneurs. But what we do is we hide assets and we protect people by using the right structure for investors to, in order to scale and grow their company. And we do entrepreneurs too, but it's usually people who have assets. You know, real estate investors or people who have multiple properties or multiple LLCs are low hanging fruit when it comes to lawsuits. And it's because our lien process in America is broken. It is ridiculously easy to put a lien against something and that's not gonna change. Most people won't even know they have a lien against their property until they go to close. And there are people who game that system. They will literally put liens on things, hoping that you'll be so wanting to close the property, you'll just pay off. It's a gamble for them. And just it doesn't hurt them. Let, let's, let's, uh, let's slow down here a little bit. Let's break some stuff up here. Yeah. Um, you said something that was kind of, kind of uh, made my ears perk up a little bit. You hide assets. Now that right. sounds pretty gangster right there. Explain yeah, it really a little does. bit about how, we, uh, how, how you actually go about doing that and how it's actually legal just doing it the right way. Okay. Well, a lot of people will have watched that movie Laundromat with Meryl Streep in it. You know, they have all these famous actors in there and they talked about hiding assets and using shell companies. Well, that's illegal now. I mean, they busted all those people and now they have a lot of rules in place and you historically you could hide assets in offshore trusts. You could hide money. I mean, I'm going to just kind of tell you, it's not gangster anymore. The United States of America is so powerful that any penny you put into any instrument in any country around the world, they're going to know about. Whether or not they can get that money immediately not depends on the power of that structure. Cook Islands is one. There is a, a famous case, and I forget the name of, of the couple. The man died. He was a criminal. His widow went and lived in the Cook Islands, had her trust in the Cook Islands, had all these things in the Cook Islands as a trustee. Well, the government is still trying to get that money, and the trustee goes, it's not in the best interest of the trust. But eventually, once she passes, hopefully, you know, I don't know how complicit she is. If she's a criminal too, you know, I'm not, just legally, uh, eventually they'll get the money. So if you're doing shady stuff, this isn't for you. We can't really help you. You can't hide things from a spouse. You can't really hide things anymore. What you can do is make them anonymous to protect yourself. One uh, way we do it is through anonymous LLCs, and we can do one in any single state. And what that means is if you're doing business, you really don't want your name on the business. Uh, because even though that's a, the LLC in itself is a layer of protection, um, there are many people in, this, in the country that are victims of crime or they're in businesses that ha are very litigious. Criminals target them. And so they have to protect themselves. So there has to be some legal vehicle for them to not have to worry that someone's going to look up their information on a state website and come and kill them or rob them or the 
boyfriend they have a protection order against that has said, I'm going to kill you, is going to come and do that. So they allow for an anonymous LLC. It's with an uh, agent trust. Only specific places can do it. We're, we're one of them. And what it does is when you pull up the business, it lists an agent trust. It doesn't have your name address. You're not listed anywhere. As far as the public goes, they have no idea that you own it. You can so just be the can, designated agent for that. Is this kind of like a disregarded entity in sense where, where no. it's just a third party that's, that's handling the, the no. paperwork to your LLC? Mm-mm. No. It's, there's an agent trust. There's a special document called an agent trust, which is a private document. It's not filed with the state. Only the name is. You would have to subpoena that information with cause and find out the details of that trust. And most trust, you're, you're not able to just to break open. You'd have to spend a lot of time, money, and effort to be able to do that and have just cause. So the trust would basically say that the trustee, you know, would be the person and it's your business. You have all the rights to it and you'd run it however you want, but you're using this for anonymity purposes. So the bank would know it's you because you have to provide all this information to them because most banks will say, no, we have to, we cannot open up a bank account for you unless we can go to the secretary of state and prove that you are on that, that website with the exception of this, because then you have the trust documents to show them. So the bank knows it's you. The IRS knows it's you because your social security number is tied to the EIN. The only difference is that you would have to subpoena the IRS. You would have to subpoena the bank. You'd have to spend time, money, and effort. And if they don't know 100% it's you, they're not going to spend that time and money. You just want to make it as difficult as possible for someone who is just looking to make money and be vexatious to be able to sue you. You want to make it hard. extra layer that you're talking about. An extra Yeah. Basically, I tell people all the time, and when I draw it out for them, it's like an onion. We want how you do business over here. We want where you hold your assets over here. And we want to provide all these onion layers of protection around it. Now, does that mean if you sell a meth house to someone and you know the chemicals are going to leach in and kill them, that you get to go get off scot-free? No. Again, if you're shady, if you're doing bad things, then that person will get an attorney who will spend the time, money, and effort to do it. So don't do bad things. But for the average person who is just wanting to avoid what we're seeing right now in the courts, our courts are overburdened by people wanting to game the system. And it is getting worse. And this is going to make it a lot worse. Quarantine, millions out of work, people panicking. Well, you're going to see car wrecks and everyone's going to have a bad back and every, you know, stuff like that. Anything to say, grab money. You're anything. Right. And you're going to think to yourself, Oh, well, I've got insurance. I've got insurance. I got Geico. I got progressive flow, right? You know, yeah. this is all great. Well, Except you didn't read your coverages, your liability coverages. Your, co- your coverage does have limits to it. They're not going to, if all of a sudden you're in a real estate investor or you own several houses and that attorney is able to look it up very easily through any system. You know, is your name on any LLCs? Is your name on any property? How many, you know, mortgages, which is all public record. Then you're more attractive because they can put liens against these properties. Mm -hmm. So then your insurance company will say, okay, look, they want to go to court. However, because of these liens and because of your situation, your, your limit ends here and you're going to have to pay out of pocket 10 grand. Now we can settle. In fact, they want to settle, right? Uh, and we could settle for five grand. So you end up paying five grand for nothing. Only it's never just five grand. That's just know? a start. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually exponentially more. Now you got so to if, yeah, not because, including legal fees and 
Mm -mm. Because you, well, you know, your insurance might may or may not pay for that, but they're going to cap it if you have a lot of assets because that's a lot more work for them, right? And that's not going to be built into your coverage. You see, attorney to sue you. Let's, let's say you do get into a fender bender, right? And the person has no insurance. The first thing they're going to do is like, oh my God, I can't pay this. I'm going to go to an attorney because I am hurt. And maybe it wasn't my fault. Maybe it was their fault because, you know, things get muddled in people's mind. I'm not even saying they're bad people, right? And then they go and the attorney's going to be like, okay, the law is there. You know, maybe we can look at this. I can see how maybe this could have been looked at from different angles, a different way. The facts, well, that one lady had glasses and it was a foggy day. You know, they can massage that, but recovery. Will I be able to, to pay enough for my fees and make this worth it? If you have, uh, they can get a judgment against you, but if there's nothing they can attach that judgment to, it is worthless. It's just a piece of paper. So that attorney is going to want to see solid evidence that he will make his money back one way or the other. It's and funny. I've experienced something very similar and it's, it, it happens the moment you, uh, you have that INC at the end of your name or you're, you have a large general liability policy or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you become a target. Yeah, you do. You do become a target. In fact, we uh, use statistics to help pull uh, information from courtstatistics.org, the National Survey of Courts, and um, it shows that one in four Americans has a chance of being sued. So 25% of us sometime in our lifetime will probably get a lawsuit. That, that's how it kind of rolls out. We're very, we're very lawsuit friendly here, right? However, if you're a real estate investor or you have CEO, president, founder after your name on business cards, your chance of getting sued once you start getting assets goes up to 95% in the next 20 years. That's how you know you hit the big leagues. That is what (laughs) low hanging fruit. Yeah. But it's, it's sad because most real estate investors are making maybe $40 a month extra on a property, a hundred bucks here, whatever they need as Mm -hmm. many doors as possible. And it's not high overhead. They're just trying to build a portfolio so they can get some cash flow in. And then a hurricane comes or the new roof needs to be done. Then they got to get rid of that property or then they're going to go negative for a little bit. It's a business like anything else. You know, so it's not like, oh, they have all this cash. No, they don't. If everyone's ever read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it's, you know, you have equity versus cash and cash flow is king and you're going to want to take time, effort, and many years to build it up. The only problem is one lawsuit can just knock it, knock out. all the wind out of your sales. So if you start out in the beginning by treating your business like a business, which I tell everyone from graphic designers to musicians to everyone. Like if you're out there and you're talking, you want to book a gig, you know, you're going to want to have at least a little LLC. You're a business too. You're a brand, right? So mm-hmm. think about yourself like that. And when you do that, it's, it's amazing how people start thinking about you like that too. You know, you stop getting asked to create a free jingle or make a logo for free. You know? Well, because you're a business now. You're not a hobby. And that's, 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 one, right. of the biggest, that's one of the biggest difference. Because there's a lot of people who end up operating, like you said, as a sole, as a sole proprietor. Um, and it's because it's so easy to start. Like you just start. You just start yeah. making money and that's it. You're, you're in business. Um, and they often get confused with going to the assessor's office and getting a DBA. And they get a DBA and they think they have something separate from themselves. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, being a sole prop, having a DBA and an LLC, what the liability is in, in the difference? Yeah. Well, the difference is a liability is a separate entity. You have a separate EIN number. So you have a a separate tax filing. And even though it's considered a pass-through entity, you have limited liability. When you're a sole proprietor, 
all the liability is you. You can be sued directly. In states that do not have good homestead protections, that means someone can take all the equity of your house. They can literally force you out of your, your own home that you live in, even if you homestead it. So it's just not a smart thing to do. Not in this day and age. I can see back a hundred years ago, maybe 50 years ago, you know, we, it was a different world back then, but it's just not like that now, you know? So you have to deal in reality and right now, and right now is these are the things you need to do. You need to have an estate plan. You know, you need to have like right now, there are people that are stuck on a cruise ship and the Panama Canal will not let the cruise ship through because they have confirmed cases. So other cruise ships have to come and give them food and leave them. And they've been stuck there for a month. Now there's a lot of young people that go on cruises too. There are people that have businesses that go on cruises too. If you don't have a, if you don't have a living trust with a pour over will, with an advanced healthcare directive, a medical power of attorney and a durable power of attorney and people that are able to work on your behalf, you know what you've done to your family. Now they're having to go and take conservatorship or guardianship over you because they can't really reach you. You know, it's not like you can have phone calls every single day out in the middle of nowhere and no service. And what's gonna to happen to rents that are supposed to be paid? Your mortgage, your bills. They have to try to get guardianship or conservatorship. Sometimes it could take, you know, weeks, if not months, depending on how difficult the situation it is. And then you come back to a mess. Where have the kids been living? You know, or did they go to your brothers that, that you had done a will 10 years ago and now you haven't spoken to the guy because y'all got into a big fight and what you really wanted them to do is go to the neighbors because they're best friends and the neighbors are your best friends and your kids play together and they go to the same school and everything can stay the same, you know, and you come back and they're with your brother and he don't want to talk to you anymore. He thinks the kids should live with him. <laughs> now you got some nightmare, right? Well, I mean, no, I mean, all this, setting yourself up with a trust, with with all those different aspects of it, sounds expensive. And if I'm just starting out as a as a you know barely getting started in business, how should I be prioritizing, you know, getting my stuff situated? Well, it's not as expensive as you think to get started with an anonymous LLC. I mean, we can even set up a will for like 150 right now. An entire estate plan we can do for little over three grand. That's not much when you're talking about the difference between you being bankrupted completely if you're in a car wreck and your kids living somewhere that you don't want them to do or losing parts of your business you know, that, that needs to be figured into your plan. Treat your business like a business, get the right setups. I mean, for most people under 10 grand would get you the setup that you would need to even uh, do as many as six properties to completely hold them anonymously from yourself. I mean, it is not as expensive as you think it is. People get so afraid. I, I give a free consult for like an hour with people and I send them a pre-questionnaire and, and we talk to them and Many times I hear from clients, you know, I was just scared to get the cost. Why? And they end up doing it thinking, wow, this is a lot less than I thought. Because you, you hear it, you know, if you go to seminars and things like that, a lot of times you're listening to people like Than Merrill, who's amazing, right? Or you're listening to some incredible people on stage and they're talking about top level products. So mm -hmm. you're hearing about it. And we do, we service high net worth individuals that, you know, have 5 million or above in net worth and we're talking about products with those sorts of people multiple businesses very complicated and they want to defer taxes for their lifetime and lifetime of their kids 35 to forty-five thousand dollars. those are products for that well those are the products people are hearing about all the time because those are 
they're so catchy. You know, you can defer taxes for your whole life and your kid's life and blah, blah, blah. Then they hear the cost and they're like, oh my God, that's more than I make in a year. Right. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, but that's not, that. but that's, but, that's like, that's like looking at fancy cars. That's like looking at, at Porsches and Lamborghinis and then realizing walking. you need a car. Yeah. <laughs> and realizing you need a car and you're like, huh, well, I can't afford a car. Obviously I can't pay a hundred thousand dollars for that vehicle, but there's other options. Yeah, there's other options and there's other options that are good and they're scalable that you can get into and not everyone's the same. You know, someone who is, let's say, uh, you know, a graphic designer or a graphic artist, right? They're going to have a completely different business setup than someone who is buying notes or just doing distressed properties, right? And they're going to have a different setup than someone who's, who's flipping as opposed to someone who flips and buys and holds and has a more diverse portfolio. So you want to get it customized to you. You don't want anything cookie cutter. That's not going to work. So a lot of people will come to us having done them themselves, these cookie cutter things. And, you know, they had a lawsuit. And of course it didn't hold up in court. <laughs> you know, there's no thing for that. And then, you know, you're, you're sad, but at least, you know, they're going to finally do it right. Thing is we can't help you once you're already in litigation because yep. then you can't, too late. you can't, yeah, it's too late then. So you need to set it up now. So, um, and now is always better than later, you know? I know this is boring. You know, the people listen to this and they're just like, no, yeah, but I could go on a vacation. Well, not now. Well, right now you're fucking <laughs> here. Well take advantage of that one. Yeah, right I'll now. Just, now you can't. You can't. Nobody can go anywhere. So you but, might as well just do it now. And I'll give you that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, LLCs and living trust and long-term planning. None of it sounds enticing. None of it sounds mm -hmm. fun. But here's the thing. It's, you know, planning for long-term care never sounded like a good idea until you get to the age where you need long-term care. Having the, an entity structure sounds like a boring idea until the day you start to get sued. You know, all these things mm -hmm. don't sound like they're the funnest things in the world. You know what? I, go, I get up and run every day. It's not mm -hmm. the funnest thing in the world. I don't yeah. like running, but mm -hmm. I do it so I can maintain my health, right? There, these are preventative measures that you need to do for your business ahead of time. Otherwise, when you start getting ready to do things like scale, like you were talking about scaling, taking, you know, two employees to 200 employees, just the, the possible litigation you can have from hiring and firing people alone is one of those things you need to worry about having, you know, an HR department, having, you know, de developing a proper uh, structure to facilitate that kind of scaling. Everybody talks about growing, but nobody wants to put the work in or the effort in to set themselves up for growth. That's like having, that's like building a house on a sand, on the sand, right? It's going to crumble if you don't have the proper foundation. Oh my God. I want to hug you right now. And I know we can't hug or touch anybody, but <laughs> I, would, I would squeeze you because for 25 years, I would walk into businesses that were literally everybody's on fire. Right. And I would have to figure out why everybody's on fire. And the first thing that people, the, the owner would always say is our sales sucks our marketing sucks. We need all these brochures. I need a new website. I need this. We need more sales. Right. So it's always sales, sales, sales. And I've got to tell you, not a single company I have ever turned around. It's been about sales. It was always HR. They were paying the people the wrong amount, putting the wrong people in the position, hiring the wrong people, managing them horribly. And you know what the, that problem is? It's the owner problem. Mm -hmm. and, and it's all because the owner decided to start with sales and marketing and they ignored all the other stuff. I've walked into companies that were ready to tank because they just didn't do their compliance paperwork correctly in the very beginning. And now they got hit with so many fees, penalties, and interest, they didn't know which way to turn. And it tanked their morale and there was a lot of problems because everybody started pointing fingers. That was your job. That was your job. No, it wasn't anybody's job. Y'all just decided it wasn't important for right now because y'all could make money. Yeah. Be honest. That's, that's you know? the truth. 
That's the truth. And, uh, and, and, or hiring family when they knew family sketchy, you know, trying, you know, and a lot, everybody wants to hire family, but unless you have clear expectations and contracts and things that are written down and a strong, and I'm not talking about HR as far as HR clerks, I'm talking about strategic HR, the kind big companies hand and they spend billions of dollars on because it makes them so much money. I'm talking the idea of getting top talent at, there's top talent, $13 an hour people, right? You just got to find it. Especially right now. Yes. Yes. Now is the, is the time to find some amazing people, you know, and I, you know, virtually I have found top talent because I always pick people that had to be home because of an illness. They survived an illness that would have killed them or an accident, or they had to take care of someone. Maybe they had children and they just decided, you know, I'm not going to sacrifice this career for, them. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to be home now for these kids, but I have an Ivy League degree. So am yeah. I just going to tank everything? No, I think I can maybe do both, even if it's part-time. So then you get somebody who's probably going to be the CEO of a major corporation one day, once the kids get older, and they can give you so much value, right? So there is this incredible American workforce out there. And I've hired from the Philippines. I've hi I have, you know, worked with people in other countries. But I got to tell you, by and far, American workers, American virtual workers, if your client base is American, do not outsource your workers. I've seen so many companies just flailing. Yeah, you're paying $3 an hour on Upwork, but that person is, is they can't make money on $3 an hour in the Philippines. I know because I have good Filipino workers that I pay 15 bucks an hour to. And you know what they're making? 15 to $18 an hour. They've got a Tim Hortons up the street, two Starbucks. I mean, it's, I don't know what type of Philippines you're thinking about, but it's, it's not the one that's, that's there in the major cities where people are all speaking with a neutral English accent and they write fluently. They need to make that much. So if you're paying someone $3 an hour for Upwork, let me you're tell you what you're getting. You're getting $3 an hour. You're getting an agency of about 30 people. You're not going to work with one person. You may have one point of contact, but they're not actually doing your job. And when they get to it, they'll do it and they'll steal templates. You have to worry about uh, copyright issues. You have to worry about them stealing logos. The logo you get back is probably on 10 different websites. And I've had people get in trouble because they used an Upwork contractor or one of those agencies. It was just so cheap. They spent four or five weeks in revisions because they couldn't get it right because that's not really what they wanted. And they kept on just sending them stuff only to get something put up on their website that then they didn't get a copyright violation from because the owner found it. <laughs> now, if they would have just paid someone 20 to $25 an hour, they would have done it right within the first week and they would have probably spent like five hours doing it. And they would have someone who's a team member that's invested. Never go the cheap route. I get that there's all these 80s Gordon Gecko people walking out around right now, but you're, you're going to lose. You're going to lose in the end. You never lose when you invest in top talent, ever. 100% agree. Plus, you treat them good. They treat you good. You, you have less turnover. You build, you build yes. together. I, I like the, 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 where you were talking about have, hiring some good talent just early on when they need the flexibility, you're there to provide them the flexibility. They become super loyal to you because you've helped them in a time where they needed it. They, they yeah. their situation called for a little bit different. You get awesome talent uh, at a discounted rate. And as you grow, they grow with you. 
Yeah. And then you pay them what they're worth. You, you know, don't cheap out and be these CEOs that we all freaking hate and want to kill right now, you know, eat the rich and all that. Don't be like that. Pay good people what they're worth, value them. And if you do that, guess what? You're going to be prosperous and successful. No one really needs to have $80 trillion. You know, what do you really need? Everybody needs to sit and think about right now. What do I really need in order to be fulfilled? not fearful that my lights will be turned off and feel like I have a successful life. Shoot for those goals. Stop mentioning numbers. Well, I want to make $10 million a year. Well, why? What does that pay for? You know, when I used to coach people, I would say, now write that down. What, do, what kind of life do you actually want? I would like to take a cruise every three months. Well, probably, you know, cruising's taking a hit right now, but you know, <laughs> I want to take a vacation, you know, with, with my family every three months. To me, that would be success. Other people took car and I said, okay, figure out the money for that. I can guarantee you every single time I've done that and they've given me their wish list, as long as it was a realistic wish list, and pretty much they all are because they're talking to me and I just kind of go, really, you need that? You're never going to be happy unless mm -hmm. you get that. And then they scale back. It's always been less than a million dollars a year. Oh yeah, it's usually about two fifty to three hundred thousand. Right. Yeah, I know because we. It's funny. My brother and I. Well, he did the activity where mm. he's like, uh, "I'm going to take thirty thousand dollars a month, mm. and I'm going to spend it." So every day, every day, he would have to spend that money and allocate it to something. And after a while, he's like, "Dude, I just run out of things. Like, I don't know what else to buy. Like, I, I'm. It's too much money at some point. Like, yeah. you know, and and that's that's kind of the thing that you know, if you actively try and spend that money, like, just do it hypothetically even if you invest it because now you're making investments and you're seeing how the investments grow but once they grow what are you growing them for what are you going to get out of those investments exactly. the majority of people can feel so happy so pay your people what they're worth and then their top talent they're going to want to go and get their own business one day you know probably but now you have a partner you have mm -hmm. someone who mm -hmm. understands what you're doing that's now going to run a company because I got to tell you that part-timer who's just looking for a job because, you know, his wife is the breadwinner right now and he's got two kids at home and he's trying to do the stay at home dad because she's making more money right now, but they wanted a parent home with their kids. That guy eventually is going to be someone you might need for a job. You never know what's going to happen in your life. I mean, we all want to be entrepreneurs forever, but you, ne you never know. He's got to have an exit strategy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, always treat people the way you want to be treated. It, you know, and never feel afraid to to fire someone who's done done you wrong, and just tell them. Like I know people that will fire good people and never even talk to them, because especially remote, they just shut them out of systems and they send them an email. Like, Man, I, I, just be a good person, right? Yeah, I mean, that's like bad. That, that's that's karma. That's like breaking up via you. text. Yeah, that's not. I know that <laughs> karma is when it comes back. You're it'll come back it. to you. You need to have an exit strategy, whether it's with an individual, whether it's with your business, and it needs, yes. to, become, it needs to come up front. That's what contracts are for. That's what these um, right. entity structures are for, all that. Exactly. Same thing, have an exit strategy. Speaking of exit strategies, <laughs> um, tell people how to get a hold of you if they want to work with you. They, they uh, are listening to the show. They're like, you know what? I got properties. I got entities. I don't think I have my stuff squared away. How do I get a hold of you? Well, you go to leafylegalservices.com. We have a free ebook on there. And then you can do, I'm doing a promotion right now um, where you get a free hour long consult with me. Usually it doesn't take an hour. You know, sometimes it's only 30 minutes depending on if you're starting out or not. Um, but yeah, we help people who are, you know, just starting out, getting the right entity in place and we'll help you make things anonymous if that's what you need and uh, protect you so you can feel safe and sleep well at night and have the right things in place so you can really scale and grow without getting kicked later on down the line, which we all want to avoid. 
by the way, ladies and gents, we only had 30 minutes. So we were talking asset protection for this one, but they do a lot more helping you plan out and scale your business. So that one hour consultation, even if it's only 15, 20, 30 minutes, get an idea as to where you're at. It's always good to talk to somebody in an industry that you know nothing about. Don't claim to be an expert attorney. Don't claim to be anything that then, then your particular skill and then find out who knows stuff and, and get information from them. That's what, that's what it's all about. At least, you know, get an opinion, get an idea as to where you're at, get, gauge, you know, put that thermometer in there. Where are you temperature wise? And then make a choice, make a decision after that. Yeah, Definitely. I agree. Even if it's, even if it's not us and it's people like write down your wish list now, we're all mm -hmm. in quarantine. Let's go. And when we come out of this, let's all be the people we really want to be and be safer and happier and more prosperous. So now's the time to do those things. We finally have the time to do all those things. So take advantage of the time. That's right. That's right. 100%. Jennifer, thank you for being on the program. Oh, thank you for having me. I've had a good time. I, it's rare that I find people as excited about like, you know, entities and, and corporate structure <laughs> as I get. So thank yeah. you. You're welcome. A little nerdy now, but I love it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home? or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now, or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.